Portions of KDKR programming do not necessarily reflect the views of this station, its management, or staff. Prudent Money with Bob Brooks is sponsored by the Prudent Money Foundation on 91.3. Being tight this Christmas, what are your options? Today we're going to take a look. Stay tuned for Prudent Money. Welcome to the Prudent Money Radio Show. I'm your host, Bob Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me today. You know I do appreciate it. Christmas and inflation, how do you really handle Christmas shopping? Author and CEO of Crown Financial, Chuck Bentley, is here today to give us some thoughts. Hey, Chuck, always great to talk with you. Well, thank you, Bob, and uh, it's good to be back. I've been gone a while. (laughs) Yes, you have been. It's fun to reunite. And it's just amazing when I think about how quick this year has gone by. And uh, I was having breakfast with somebody this morning, a real good friend of mine, and, I, and we we talking about how just fast life goes by, and it begs the question: Why does time seem to fly by so fast? Do you have that I've answer? Heard it said that, well, I've heard it said that the, the <laughs> days are long, but the years are short. That's, that's right. It does that's feel right. that way. I I feel like I'm still like 25 years old in some ways, Bob, <laughs> and yet uh, you know that is a long time ago. Just a few years, right? Yeah, right. Well, let's talk a little bit about inflation because it's uh, an interesting combination of inflation and Christmas shopping and what's all that going to look like. You have a, a Q&A that off the uh, crown.org site that, that uh, people can go to and ask questions. And I thought, boy, I thought this one question really did hit home as to, I think, how people feel today. And it says, inflation is hitting our family hard. We keep hearing it is coming down, but it does not seem that way when I go to the grocery store. When do you think we might see it return to normal? A couple of things that, uh, that come to mind is, well, what is normal anymore? <laughs> you know, I think the, yeah. the bottom line standard is going to be a little bit higher than people think when it's all said and done. But, uh, you know, I, I think that this is how America feels right now. And, and you've got the government saying, hey, inflation's going down. We've got we to gotta control over it. Yet the, um, the average American doesn't feel it. We, you know, what is your take on inflation right now? Well, I think it's still painful. People are maxing out their credit cards. We're seeing more than a trillion dollars carried on credit card balances. That's unprecedented. Uh, about 65% of the population say they're living paycheck to paycheck. So that's those, those are bad economic indicators. At the same time, Bob, the, the Fed's indicated this week that they're expecting to start easing interest rates probably in the first quarter of next year. So interest rates are an attempt to rein in inflation. The higher they go, the you know, the, they put the brakes on inflation. And then uh, when rates come down, those are attempts to stimulate economic growth. And so I think they're, you know, in that that finger puzzle we had as children, that little <laughs> woven thing, you know, uh, it's hard. There, You can't pull either way very hard or you're in a trap. And so if the interest rates keep rising, then uh, it's going to be painful, particularly uh, for People trying to buy a house, you know, the, the cost of, of mortgages at 8% is 
prohibitive for most people to be in the market, and they're seeing a massive slowdown in home sales. You know, that it's uh, almost like a game of Russian roulette. You have the buyer and the seller squared off against each other. The, the seller says, well, I, my house is worth X. For sure, I know it's worth X. And then the, the buyer says, well, it might have been worth X when mortgage rates were a lot lower. I can't afford it at uh, these current mortgage rates. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this pans out and flows through the real estate markets because they've really kind of been at this dead uh, standstill so far. And uh, th- this is something, though, that could go well into next year. Yeah, I think so. I, it's not an easy... It's not an easy correction. It's a little bit like flying an airplane. You're trying to go in a straight line, but you're constantly zigging and zagging uh, just to stay on, on course. And I think that's what the Fed is trying to do, and hopefully they'll be successful at it. Uh, I, I do believe the Warren Buffett axiom is always true that fear sells, but uh, optimism pays. So it's easy to get people's attention when things are fearful, but uh, really long term, there's there is a case for optimism. There is. I, I think it's it's going to be you know as you said uh, with your example of the 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 toy and 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 the 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 Fed's just got to be really careful. I mean they it's it's a big chemistry set, and they've got to they've got to prep the markets. And you know what when I look at this, it, it seems to me that, and this is just my own personal view, is that they are kind of between a rock and a hard spot because they can't really if if they if they lower interest rates they run the risk of reigniting all those bubbles again i because right. the you know the real estate markets the stock market in, in particular has not been through a one of those those kinds of bear markets that just wipes out all the toxicity and where right. people go, I don't want to buy stocks. I've lost so much money. There's no way I want to buy stocks right now. And that's the way it's always worked in, you know, from a historic standpoint. And I, I can't imagine if they came out and started lowering interest rates, what would happen in the markets. I think they would just blow up, and uh, which would cause really kind of put us back to square one. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right, Bob. And, of course, you're dealing with that as a steward of uh, many, many uh, resources that – other people entrust your care, and you've got to be careful and cautious. It's a little bit like a brain surgery. You don't want to uh, do a brain surgery with a chainsaw. You know, you want to do it with robotic right. precision, and that's what they're that's what they're attempting to do. And I and I do think that we're going to see some improvement next year. I'm already encouraged by the drop in uh, gas prices here where I live. Uh, we were you can purchase gasoline now around. a gallon, which is much healthier than when it was approaching $4 a gallon. And I think that that's a a good indication because, you know, petroleum uh, impacts the cost of everything. Absolutely. Uh, And so uh, that's a good indication that inflation may be curbing. You know, one other thing, too, Chuck, is that we're starting to see a little bit of optimism as far as the grocery store goes, starting to see some uh, the overall price, and I just kind of judge this by when I go to the grocery store every Saturday and grocery shop, uh, seeing, it, seeing it come a little bit down, which is a, which is a good direction. Still, they're you know way up o- over where they were back in uh, 2009, uh, 2019, 2020. 
but uh, I think that that will help make people be a little bit optimistic as well. Uh, you know, as we go into 2024, what a year this is uh, potentially going to be with a presidential election and all the craziness that goes along with that, and then all the dynamics that go along with this one in particular. We also have a all types of indicators that are pretty accurate forecasting a recession. And uh, boy, I mean, you know, this puts the Fed in a really tight spot because of what we talked about. You know, their main tool is yeah. lowering interest rates and, you know, to fight the recession. How does the Fed fight a recession in this environment? I, to, to me, this this is a little bit unprecedented. Well, as you said, they're limited on their tools. Their, their, their policies uh, are typically to either increase money supply or pull money out of the uh, out of circulation and a pull money out of circulation through higher taxes and uh, you know the nobody likes that as well so I think that we're just going to have to watch and be vigilant to see what kind of moves they do make but my expectation is that the interest rates are going to come down I think that the the concern is that the real estate market is really, really tight and slowing. And when a home is sold, more people go to work than almost any other financial transaction That's true. That's true. that we make. And so if they can keep rates where the, the real estate market is still growing and healthy, then it will help employment rates as well. So I, I don't know what else they could do. I'm not a trained economist. I'm like you. I just observe the market and try to navigate it as best that I can. This is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the Prudent Money Radio Show. Thank you so much for joining me today. You know I do appreciate it. Chuck Bentley's with me today talking a little bit about inflation and uh, Christmas. We'll get to get into a little bit of Christmas shopping and what that looks like. If you want more information about Chuck and uh, especially some of the books he's, he's written, go to crown.org. It's a great site, and uh, there's just so many tools there based on stewardship principles to help you with finances. And uh, how, how are things going with Crown uh, this year? How, how, did y'all, how did y'all end up? Well, we haven't ended up yet, Bob. That between now and December 31st is about uh, typically 25% really? of our annual budget okay. comes in. Uh, you know, the, the December 31st is the day when all procrastination for charitable giving must come to an end. <laughs> and, and so we'll get a large part of our uh, charitable donations between now and then. And, and we always just look to the Lord and say, yes. Lord, please, yes. please move on people's hearts to help us. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, practical steps that you can take. And I also want to make sure that uh, in your answer, you talk about how Crown can be a help to people. You know, what are some, some steps consumers can take in the meantime? I, I, I totally agree with you. I think I, you know, I think we're going to go through some rough, rough patches, but I think on the other side of that, things are going to really get back to normal, which will be a, a welcome sight. Uh, but in the meantime, and as this drags on, what can consumers do? Well, I think that you have to sort of redefine what it means to, to be generous at Christmas. Generosity is an expression of love. And that doesn't have to cost a lot of money. People want to feel appreciated, 
affirmed and loved. I, I just wrote an article, I think, yesterday about finding out your children's love language and syncing mm-hmm. the gift that you choose for them with their love language. And some children receiving presents is not what they want. It may be experience or time or or words of affirmation. You know, put a recording together of aunts, uncles, grandparents, uh, friends affirming your child. They, they'd be blown away by that. Uh, but Ann and I always look for ways that Christmas doesn't have to be materialistic. Uh, you know, in our neighborhood, there's a family that bakes cookies and bread, and they deliver it to everybody in our neighborhood. And we actually look forward to it, Bob. We're, sure. we're, it's just it's just a neighborly thing to do, and we appreciate that. And now we're sort of picking up on that and, and doing some things ourselves for our neighbors. We enjoy um, Christmas concerts. There's always a lot of great music at Christmas that doesn't cost money, and we uh, participate in those. We've always done a Jesse tree every year with our children where you read a verse and you remember the lead-up to the birth of Christ and focus our, uh, our hearts around the greatest gift we've ever received. You know, we read those great stories. We watch the great movies. We make things. Uh, sometimes we announce to our children that uh, we're going to do a, a draw of names and we're not going to try to get a gift for everyone, but just one special gift. There's a lot of ways to do it that don't require uh, making this an event that some are labeling as debtmas, where it's no longer <laughs> about Christ, but it's about debt. I've never heard that, by the way, debtmas. That's pretty funny. Oh, it's it's and it's sad, you know. Yeah. So many are paying off debt from the holiday season the prior year, yes. and just hoping to pay down enough on their credit line to be able to put more on that credit card for this holiday season, and that's a terrible trap. It is, and uh, you know, we were talking about the really the state of the consumer a little bit earlier, and uh, something to, to kind of process along those lines is that consumer spending makes up two-thirds of what grows our economy. With If anything if anything hurts consumer spending, that's where you start uh, worrying about uh, and being concerned about mm-hmm. re- recession, uh, recession occurring. Uh, there was an interesting statistic that came through, and I think we're going we're gonna to see a lot about the consumer uh, based on debt and everything else uh, here in the next uh, 20 or so, 25 days or so. Uh, but going into the uh, shopping season, they always look at, of course, Black Friday, Thanksgiving, that weekend. And an interesting, an interesting statistic, uh, Chuck, that came out stated that record number of people were shopping that weekend, yet they spent considerably less money. That's that's kind of a small shift because people in general, I mean, watching these statistics year after year, they figure out a way to make Christmas happen, whether it's going into debt or not. And, and, and consumer spending is generally pretty strong. Well, I agree with you. It is a lead indicator for whether or not there's going to be a recession. If we do stop spending, then we are going to have problems. But I, I think there may be a shift, and, and I don't know if you and your wife do this, but sometimes we'll go out shopping. I actually don't shop on on uh, Black Friday. I'm in the camp that likes to avoid that. But <laughs> if, if we go shopping, 
we'll find something that we want, but then before we spend the money, we'll go and compare online yes. whether or not there's an alternative. And I think that behavior may be happening more and more and more. Do you guys do it that way, Bob? Absolutely. In fact, my preference. Well, here's an interesting thing too. I'll, I'll bring up in a minute. But the uh, my preference is to is to shop online. But what I have found, though, and you tell me if this has been the situation with you, is that uh, shipping costs are way higher this year. Well, um, you know, I haven't I haven't noticed that because most of the things that we order are small enough that, that you know it's not a big expense. But we went to look for a chair for my office. We found one that we really liked, and and it was ten percent off in the store that day. This was over the Black Friday weekend, uh, and it was actually the Saturday. I didn't go on Friday, but uh, <laughs> you know I went break home, your rules. and I found it. I found it online for half the price oh my gosh. that I would have paid at 10% off. And I told Ann, I just can't do it. I can't go pay that retailer that price for when I know I can get it so much less online. And I feel bad because, you know, it hurts that local business. But it's hard for me to not want to save the money. Yeah, no, that's that's one of the uh, the, the great things about the Internet is that you can see – exactly the true value at any given time of an item at the at, at your fingertips and uh, yeah no i always double check uh, and, and it's not uh the interesting thing about the black friday sales we went out a little bit on i ventured out amongst the craziness on friday and uh it was interesting there there the advertising and the marketing were for these big discounts but you get in the store and there wasn't such a big discount after all so mm-hmm. i mm-hmm. think it was more marketing than anything else now here, here's well, a th- bob i saw reports that there weren't crowds out in the retail stores there weren't any, there wasn't anybody reported being crushed trying to get into the store and get a big screen tv as has been in the you past know, you know that is so true that is so true i i didn't even think about that but i don't recall seeing anything any reports like that and, you know, something else, too, that was interesting to me, and I'm going to have to go back and, and confirm this. We, uh, we went to a, a big mall on, on this, this last weekend, came back home, and I said, you know, Sherry, I don't remember seeing that many Christmas uh, decorations. It was really, I don't know, it's just very, it's very odd. It was something that is very disturbing, extremely disturbing, is these... Uh, in-store credit card applications and opportunities that they will will give you 15 20% off of your order if you if you sign up for an in-store credit card i saw a study on this and these cards are upwards of 30 to 35% in interest you know the first the first problem that comes to mind is so many people just sign the dotted line and they don't realize that they're signing up for 30% interest rates. But, uh, you know, as, as, as you know, Chuck, I mean, once you go there, uh, that's, that's tough to rebound from. Oh, absolutely. You, you've really entered into a, an interest rate trap that is hard to escape from. That is, that's approaching what we would have considered predatory lenting rates you, yes. in the past. Yes. And, and people aren't reading the fine print on those cards, and hopefully... They're intending to pay them off without carrying a balance. 
hopefully. I've done that in the past. I don't do it anymore, but I've thought, well, I'll take your 15% discount and just pay it off. Of course, they're, the, the retailer is hoping that you don't. And the, the term for people who open those accounts and pay them off and never carry a balance, we're called deadbeats. You know, we're, we're not the <laughs> customer they're looking for. Right. Uh, but it is a concern, and those rates are getting higher and higher. And I think that uh, it, it's something if <clears throat> that I would advise people to pay off their credit card debt, no matter what the interest rate is. It's the highest form of debt we have. And at 30%, I think if you pay your minimum balance on $5,000, if you only make the minimum payment, you're going to pay somewhere between 21 and 22 years to get that Easily. $5,000 paid off. Easily. Yeah, and, and uh, read the fine print and make sure you know what you're signing up for because it is, is truly unbelievable, unbelievable to me that we're seeing these, this, these high interest rates. And, you know, this is a totally separate uh, uh, deal, but it just what it really amazes me is that you have 400, five, almost 500 politicians in Washington that this does not bother. Huh. Well, that, damn, Bob, that's a different topic altogether. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, we're, we're, we're woefully lacking political leadership that believe that stewardship will solve our problems. Yes. We, but they don't even think that way anymore. And I can tell you that if, if we had a choice between uh, candidates that said, I believe in stewardship, and one that said, I don't believe, forget the party affiliation. If they would just align around... Do you believe you're appointed to be a steward of the national resources of this country? Yes. I would vote for those every time that see themselves as being physically physically responsible for the assets of this country and its operation. I, I think that's what we're desperately in need of right now. Well, Chuck, once again, uh, the inform- if you want information on Chuck, go to crown.org. There's a lot of great resources at that site, and they uh, have a tremendous ministry. And, uh, Chuck, I'm hoping that you and I will uh, talk in December. Well, I'm going to plan on that, and uh, we will uh, talk there before Christmas. Well, I-, I look forward to that, Bob, and thank you for what you do for your clients and for advancing the principles that come from God's Word and helping people to be good stewards. I appreciate your work very much. Thank you, Chuck, and uh, God bless. God bless you, Bob. This is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the Prudent Money Radio Show. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, What a great blessing to have Chuck be a part of the program once a month. Like I said uh, on the earlier, it's been a while since he's he's been traveling and and, uh, out of the country. But a great uh, opportunity to have him come on and and, uh, probably uh, an expert on the uh, subject of stewardship and especially uh, what the Bible says about stewardship. And lots of great resources at crown.org. They are a a ministry that is really changing lives and changing people's financial situations using biblical principles. And they've got uh, so many different resources on that that website uh, to go check out. It's crown.org, and it's, you know, it's that time of year where you look at, uh, we'll, t- we'll t- be talking about some of this here in, uh, in the future, but, uh, you know, you take a look back on 2023 and go, well, that uh, worked out. That didn't work out so well. Uh, that definitely didn't work out so well. So what can I do differently in the new year 
to yield better results. Even better than that, what can I do stewardship-wise that will draw me closer to Christ? And I mean, there's there's a, a, a something to contemplate. And so, information uh, on the resources there at, uh, at at the Crown, just go to easily go to crown.org. And like I said, Chuck's got his books on the website as well. And uh, just uh, information that I think that you need to know, all at uh, crown.org. This is Bob Brooks. you got a question for me, please go to the website at prudentmoney.com and send it in because we are all out of time. Till we do meet again next time, keep the faith and have a great rest of the day. That's all the time we have for today. Questions or comments for Bob or to find out more great information like what you've just heard, visit www.prudentmoney.com. Be sure to join Bob Brooks again for the next edition of Prudent Money.